welcome to the Life of Education podcast. Today we are here with Joseph Vaughan from Thank You Plant Medicine. So Joe, I will leave it to you to introduce yourself properly and tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Hi, yeah. Um, what, what I'm doing is I'm trying to, you know, I'm just an ordinary guy, right? I'm a dad, you know, I'm a kind of, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, a kind of far out scientist or, or, or a medic or, or, or anything kind of fancy like that. I'm, I'm an ordinary guy who's trying to build a link and a connection between what is currently quite a kind of misunderstood and, and stigmatized area. And I'm trying to build, uh, you know, connections to try and, you know, uh, broadcast it and, and grow uh, a kind of a more kind of mainstream audience, if you like. So that, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, and I'm part of a, a group called Thank You Plant Medicine, which is, um, I guess, a grassroots organisation. It started with, a, a, you know, uh, some people who met at the World Ayahuasca Conference. Uh, and they, they thought about, you know, how, how do we, you know, again, back to the, the point about growing the audience and building connections. How do we, how do we, you know, how do we get this, this, this message out, this kind of the, 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 the plant medicine kind of message? How do we get it out to a broader audience? So they came up with an idea of uh, having a, what was called a coming out day, where, you know, as, as I said before, you know, plant medicine is a kind of quite a, a little, a little known and perhaps misunderstood, stigmatized uh, you know, area. And so what they thought was we could create a kind of a global coming out day. Um, you know, and they did borrow that language from, uh, from you know, maybe other, other sort of social movements. Um, and but how about we kind of create a kind of a day where everyone who's had experiences of these, of these plants, these medicines, can come out and they can, and they can share their stories. I mean, you know, social media being a fantastic vehicle for that. People can come out, they can share their stories about, you know, perhaps addiction recovery, perhaps recovery from, from depression, from anxiety, and they kind of myriads you know kind of ailments that, that seem to be kind of afflicting us which is not you know that that, that is not a, a kind of little known thing that's a, that is something which is quite you know um you know common in the current debate is that we're kind of experiencing an area where there's increasing levels of anxiety increasing levels of depression uh, increasing levels of addiction so so what um you know these guys you know john and, and, and dave came up with was an idea of coming out so the people come out and share their stories so there was a day of, I think it was, it was February the February the 20th um, this year, uh, and people came out and shared some absolutely beautiful and stories of transformation, of recovery, of growth, and kind of everything in between. Um, and and I, was, I was part of that day. You know, as I say, I come from quite a normal you know, sort of situation, you know, um, you know, corporate job, family, you know, I'm not, I'm not kind of, you know, wearing tie-dye and beads and, and, and you know and kind of the typical I guess you know the kind of mainstream perception of someone who's interested in these things and, 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 and I want to say I mean that is not the case for everyone there are people who are, you know perfectly you know in these you know kind of respectable jobs and whatnot who are who are kind of working with these medicines um but it's but it is but it is, it is broadly you know as I, as I kind of perceive it to be quite a sort of stigmatized um, area um, and so you know to kind of cut a long story short I ended up um, you know co connecting with, with with this group uh, and I'm part of the leadership group which is you know which is tasked with trying to kind of grow and build on the you know the coming out day which was back in back in February. So Joe I have a couple of questions for you for those people who don't understand what plant medicine is can you tell us what exactly you're talking about when you make reference to plant medicine um, you mentioned ayahuasca briefly what are some of the other the plants that are termed yeah I mean there are kind of interchangeable kind of definitions so some people would call them you know psychedelic drugs some people call them plant medicines some people talk and call them sacred plants so these are these are called interchangeable uh, you know, sort of definitions for, for the same thing. So, you know, the ones that are kind of most well-known are, are ayahuasca. Um, there are um, mushrooms uh, containing uh, substance psilocybin, which, um, which people may have heard of. There are various forms of cactuses, uh, which contain, you know, say mescaline. So you're talking about peyote, wachuma. Um, and there are, you know, there are myriad others. But I mean, the, the, the main ones that, that that people seem to be working with at the moment are ayahuasca, 
psilocybin mushrooms and, and cactus-based, um, you know, peyote and, and wachima. Would you put um, medicinal marijuana in this in this plant medicine category as well? Yeah, for sure. I guess that's something that that is that is uh, is definitely part of the of the kind of you know the cabinet that, that nature has provided. Um, so yeah, ca cannabis mar marijuana definitely is part of that. Um, thank you, plant medicine is kind of you know is is inclusive at kind of all levels. So you know marijuana is definitely involved, and and medicines that are not psychoactive. So all all kind of you know, uh, you know plant medicines. And tell me a little bit about, um, you mentioned that with the group Thank You Plant Medicine, you guys are trying to advocate for these plants. And what does that advocacy entail? Um, well, it's such a, it's such a huge, uh, you know, subject, which, and there's, there's so many things that intersect here. So you've got, you know, leading edge, you know, sort of scientific research, uh, you have, uh, you know, issues around, you know, kind of in, in indigenous uh, land rights perspectives. These, these are kind of, you know, sac sacred medicines held in, you know, uh, in indigenous communities. So, you know, their, their perspectives are, are very important. There's a whole decriminalization, uh, you know, part of this as well. Um, and there's the, the whole area around kind of therapeutic use. And, you know, so there's, there's a kind of intersection of... of of, of all manner of, of different, uh, you know, of, of issues which which kind of intersect. So you can kind of pick any any one of those and think that we we are trying to kind of advocate for increased awareness and knowledge uh, and understanding and ultimately destigmatization of of these of use of these medicines. So when it comes to uh, you know therapeutic use and you know the safe uh, and, and responsible. Um, you know, use use of these plants because they're not they're not something you know to take you know to take lightly, uh, and I think it's important to say that you know in, in no way are we advocating that anyone does anything illegal. Um, we're in no way advocating that anyone does anything kind of you know potentially harmful. So and, and harm harm reduction is a, is a is a key a key part of this as well. Um, but so it's understanding kind of how these how these plants work. Um, how they can how they can benefit people who are you know suffering from a range of, of of different kind of you know perhaps ailments. I mean there is also a part of it which is about you know, you know ex exploration of consciousness, but that's that that's a kind of a, another another kind of element to it. Um, so it's about building connections between you know different sort of therapy, you know and understanding different therapeutic uses. It's about understanding how different decriminalisation um, organisations can work together. And how you can you know you can link up. I, I look at it from a global perspective, because within, within each country there are you know each country is almost in a different sort of space with this in terms of you know the deep you know the crim, the, the criminal kind of element where in, in some countries it's legal in some in some countries it isn't. So and in and each country has a different kind of legal system and it has a different sort of you know governmental approach. Um, and so it's about understanding where, where each country is uh, in terms of the decriminalization part um, and trying to build links globally between different decriminalization movements. So that's one part of it. Uh, you know, we, we talked about the, you know, the, thera the therapeutic use, the indigenous perspectives, and it's obviously going to become well, a, a, kind of a, grow a growing commercialization, uh, you know, part of it as well. Where people are going to, you know, there are already uh, companies which are floated in Canada, for example, uh, on the Canadian kind of stock exchange. I think Caroline's got a few little bits that she needs to take care of with her dogs. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wonder, could you maybe rewind it back because a lot of the stuff that you've mentioned, when you mentioned the indigenous populations, and you mentioned words like peyote and 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 kind of original herbs and plant medicines, it's clear that these things have been consumed by humans f since before the current medical system was even conceived. So what is it that you think, in your knowledge, where did it become stigmatized and where did it, when did it become such a negative thing and then ultimately end to becoming illegal? I mean, that, that's, a, that's a massive question. I mean, and, that, and that's why, again, it, it's a very interesting area because it takes in you know, discussions around, you know, colonization, 
by you know the when when Europeans arrived in, in, in different countries and, and looked at the you know the, the local traditions and wanted to kind of largely wipe them out. Um, I come I come from Scotland originally, um, and when and when I was growing up, uh, there was a there was a, a bowling green. It's a bit of an anecdote. There was a bowling green where I used to see when I was quite young. I'd see people kind of walking around, people with tie dye and beads and whatnot, and they were they were picking things out of the ground. I didn't know what they were, um, and you know they, they turned out that they were you know indigenous to the UK Liberty Caps, which in that field the fungicide and that and that and that was wiped out, and so there's 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 lots of of fields in the UK and, and the British Isles yeah. where you know these these mushrooms were growing, but they've been they've been sort of treated with fungicide and largely wiped out. So I can only speculate. That there may that there probably was a kind of a, a, a tradition in the in, in the British Isles even of, of the use of these of these mushrooms. Um, there are ancient depictions. There's cave art. There are lots of. I mean, there's a huge anthropological kind of study around this. That you know that there are people who are you know, the, the research is the research is there. These things have been used for, you know, from since since records began, if you like. So why were they why were they wiped wiped out? Well. You know they're they're very powerful. You know they maybe kind of get people to start you know questioning, you know the kind of the established kind of religions that you know the kind of messages that are, that people are giving out. And again, that's a huge area. So I don't yeah. want to kind of cut cut across, you know, anyone's belief system. And the whole point about thank you plant medicine is it's inclusive. Um, it's not kind of either or. You're not you know I'm I'm a I'm a Catholic by by upbringing. So it's not like you know I can just throw away all all kind of all my you know. Catholic teachings or my religious teachings, and and so you know put all my faith into into a mushroom. It's not it's not like that. It's about how do we how do we use these things, uh, you know, responsibly, and, and and you know and and together. But why why were they wiped out and why were they not used? I mean that's that's a that's a big question. Um, um, but you know it, it would appear that you know these the the kind of shamanic traditions and cultures were largely repressed and 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 you know people were encouraged to to follow our you know yeah. christian teachings yeah follow the doctrine and don't step out of line and i mean like that's these things were around healing people before conventional medicine so it's always interesting to wonder like at what point was it stamped out and then why is it such a why is it so frowned upon and it's only now what and like I think it was had a little resurgence in the 60s, then it was wiped out in the 70s, any research, and now it's starting to come back in the late 90s, some, some sort of time period like that? Yeah. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think the interesting part, I mean, this is, this is the part of the discussion at the moment, which is how do we ensure that it, it doesn't go the way of the 60s and just kind of, you know, fizzle out and then get pushed even farther underground? Um, I, think, I think the difference, the difference here is that with, with you know the you know, the increase in uh, in international travel, there there are enough and there are enough people now who are um, you know who, who have who've been made aware of the existence of these things for it not and and, and those and those again are people who are not necessarily like the merry pranksters of the of mm. the nineteen sixties. It's not it's not people you know driving around you know in a bus in a in a kind of you know psychedelically painted bus in a Scooby Doo bus, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not it's it's not that now. It's 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 business leaders. It's it's, it's Silicon Valley. It's um, you know people who've been to Burning Man. It's you know um, you know and there are kind of quite high profile advocates of of the use of of uh, plant medicine, psychedelics, whatever term we we choose. So I think I think the the chances of it fizzling fizzling out are. are, are are much lower than they were in the in the sixties, and I think that the science, the scientific research has been has been broadcast as well. So, just this week in the UK, there was a, an article in the Guardian, um, you know, you know, major newspaper in the UK. Um, uh, the, the the guy who who heads up the research program at Imperial College, uh, Robin Carthart Harris, um, wrote a piece in the Guardian saying that. You know the research is so strong now. There's such a body of evidence that we can't ignore uh, the the use of uh, you know psychedelic drugs, as he called them, uh, and the and we can't ignore the, the the potential for the use and the treatment of of you know you know things like depression and anxiety and, and whatnot. So 
so it's it's kind of out there um in in, in the mainstream now so i think that's that I, I personally think it's the, 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 the kind of the genie is out of the bottle, and that's a, not meant to be a kind of a you know a pun, a pun if you like. But the but you know I think I think it's I think it's too too late. Too many people have been involved. Too many too many people have seen how how these can, things can benefit their lives. Um, so just kind of speaking quickly about benefits, um, can you maybe impart some light onto what they are so people can understand? Um, some of the, the benefits that have been cited in the literature and what the research is showing. Okay, I mean, I, I take it back to, to, to personal experience. Um, and, you know, and I just want one, one sort of anecdote, if you, if you don't mind. Um, I had a friend of mine who was in a real kind of, you know, really, really bad place in his life um, and, and was, was able to kind of, you know, to, to receive, you know, some, some of this, this kind of medicine. And, and his life was absolutely transformed. So he'd gone from, you know, practically homeless to kind of he not headlining on a stage at a festival, but he, you know, he, he went in a really, a real kind of creative period. He started, you know, he, he, he had much more confidence in himself uh, and he started to be a lot more productive. Um, and, I, and, I, and I put that down to the, you know, to the, you know, to the access to the medicine. Um, and there are lots and lots of, you know, stories about people's, you know, people with treatment resistant depression. I think in order to, to qualify for the study at Imperial College, you need to have evidence of, you know, really severe kind of almost treatment resistant depression. And, and the, the types of uh, results that people are seeing is that they're, they're finding, you know, much more connection with themselves, much more kind of vitality, that they see much more, much more bigger appetite for life. Um, and so it's really, really, important sort of research and findings around you know how, how these how these medicines are treating people with uh with you know kind of you know, depression and anxiety um huge huge amounts of evidence coming out around um iboga that's something i didn't mention iboga and ibogaine uh in the treatment of uh of, of addiction so you know what is iboga iboga is a is a is an african uh you know, uh, psychedelic, uh, and it's, it's part of the Buiti tradition. Um, so, you know, to be initiated in the Buiti tradition, you, you, you receive the, the sacrament and, and it's, a, it's a way in which you can connect with your ancestors. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a very intensive uh, medicine um, in its pure form. Um, and, you, you know, it requires like a, a heart, you need to have a kind of a heart test before you go and take it. Um, because it's got it's got so many psychoactive uh, you know, compounds in it, but ibogaine is an extraction from the iboga, and ibogaine is a, is used in, uh, in in clinics to treat um, addiction, um, you know whether that be you know methamphetamine or, or cocaine or, or alcoholism or whatever, and so they very very effective in in, in addiction uh, treatment and therapy is is, is ibogaine. Um, it's a 24-hour so, thing, isn't it? It's like if you take it, you sort of, you spend 24 hours in, under the uh, influence of it. But then after that, it's supposed to be transformative. Where there's, and it, but it's almost that short uh, an experience and that quick a cure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, you know, remarkable. There's a, there's a, there's a really good movie on it um, called Dozed, um, which is, a, which is a, the story of, a, of a, 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 someone who's become addicted to opioids. Um, you know the, the, the opioid addiction epidemic in in the in the states is, is well known, um, and so there's a really good there's a really good movie on that called Dozed. If you if you if you want to have a look at that, where someone you know goes from the kind of the depths of, of an addiction to that negative spiral, practically on 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 the edge, to to you know you know to full recovery, um, and the, the beauty of the beauty of the of the of the plant medicines is that is that the they don't have, you know, there's no sort of come down. Like say, 24 hours uh, later, you're, you know, you're, you're fine. It's through your system, um, and that, and that's pretty much the same with, um, you know, most, you know, with the, with these plants, where you don't have a, you know, it's not like taking, you know, it's not chemotherapy where you just feel kind of washed out and, and you know, and really unhealthy as a result of it. They're, they're really kind of, you know, they're really, you know, in terms of the. I think it's the LD50, which is the kind of how, how toxic a substance is, how dangerous it is for you. So I think the LD50 for, for mushrooms is something like your whole body weight. You'd have to, you know, right, it's, yeah. it's the, the, the very, very kind of, you know, 
um, safe substances. And so as a result, you know, you, you know the, the risks of taking them, obviously that there, there are risks in everything, but they kind of the physical, the physical risks of taking these sub, substances is very, very small. It is there, of course, it's like there's a risk of everything and everything should be entered, in, entered into responsibly. But at the same time, um, the, you know, this, what the science is saying is that they're, they're, very, they're very safe to take. That's the thing. That's a good thing for the patient. It's, you know, the short, sharp cure, but it's not a good thing for big pharma. It's not like the Xanax and the, the drugs that require one a day for the next 40 years and you got to renew your prescription and you got to keep your insurance up, you know, like it's, it's almost anti-money-making from the farmer. So while it's fantastic for the, for the people who are suffering, it's not good for the people who are making money from it. Mm. Um, I just wanted to touch really briefly, Joe, because I've read a lot of the psilocybin, so the, the component, the active component in mushrooms, um, studies that have come out from John Hopkins. And I think they did something very similar to uh, what you're referring to. They were doing studies on uh, addiction they were doing studies on terminal um, terminal cancer patients. I think there was a few others um, as well in relation to that. And they were doing clinical trials based on the effectiveness of, of allowing people to, to come to terms of death or to be cured or lots of other things cured uh, essentially from addictions. And some of the research that's come out of there is just phenomenal. Um, so it really goes to show that these substances have are worth considering. Um, and I'm sure obviously you guys at uh, Thank You Plant Medicine are obviously playing around with that because they have such great benefits. Should we consider um, allowing people more uh, liberal use of them? Is that is that kind of where you guys are heading with this? Yeah, I, mean, I, th I think I think everyone has their own on view on this. I mean, I think there's a, there's a, a, a view on, on a part of it, which is about personal liberty. I mean, people should be, in, in my view, free to, you know, to pursue the kind of treatment options that they, you know, assuming that, you know, they're, they're properly ad administered. People should be free to pursue the treatment options that they, that, they, that they choose and they shouldn't be, you know, they shouldn't be uh, prohibited from doing that. Um, I think, I think ideally, from, from, from my point of view, people should be able to go um, to, to kind of a treatment centre and like, like you have in like Ibogaine clinics, you know, I think you know, that, that, is a, that is a kind of reasonable model where people who, who are suffering from, from addiction can, ad admittedly at quite a high cost. Where do they um, have that, those that, clinics? What countries? Um, they have them in, uh, in Mexico. Um, that, that's where I, I, I know that they do have them, and I think they have a, a, dotted around in other parts of of that of the Central and South America, mm -hmm. uh, possibly Costa Rica as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know pe people should be free, it's, and not it's not just like you said before; it's the people taking it, but it's also the people uh, administering it. Because at the minute, what you have is a, a, as an underground kind of you know sort of area where people who who want to be uh, you know, serving these these medicines and, and providing the, providing the service are, are largely forced underground. So, what what would from our point of view, what would be great is if we can get you know get people kind of out and and in, in you know in the open, as it were, and able to you know to administer these the, these medicines you know you know safely and in a in a in a structured way with with the with the appropriate integration follow ups because um, that that's you know. Just ingesting the substance is only is only the first part of it. There's obviously a kind of a whole integration process that has to be gone through. Uh, there's you know it, it's not just you know take take a, a dose of mushrooms or or evil gain or, or ayahuasca and then your life is fixed. There's still a, a tremendous amount of, of hard hard work to do you know uh, in, in order to kind of you know to 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 achieve that kind of lasting healing that, that people are looking for. Um, and also integrating kind of other other elements like you know meditation and, and breath work as well can help in that integration. But it's about it's about making those those treatment options available, uh, you know, to people should, should they seek them. And it's not for everyone. It's not like saying everyone has to take you know um, you know magic mushrooms to feel well. I mean that's not that's not the case at all. But um, 
you know, we feel it should be should be open uh, to people who should, who seek it, uh, and people should not be stigmatised as a result um, you know, for, for for seeking it. That's the yeah, I think you said something very important there, Joe, which is it's it's not like a recreational use of these substances. It's very different. It's a, a therapeutic approach. And in that therapeutic approach, there's the the beginning, which is generally in, in the studies that I read from John Hopkins, they would uh, take people on a journey of psilocybin. So they would do a questionnaire at the beginning, they would do an assessment, they would analyze people's goals, they would sit down and talk to the participant and see what they were looking to gain from this. So it's almost like a therapy session. Then they would do the session in which they ingested the psilocybin and they used a particular format. So it was set and setting. So they put them in a really peaceful, comfortable room. The music was selected for them. Sorry, they had a blindfold on. Um, and then afterwards, there was also what you mentioned before is the integration, which is another therapy session, assessing their goals and then follow-ups after that. So I think it's important to make a differentiation. This isn't a recreational, like we're gonna go to a nightclub and take a take a psilocybin or take a dose of something else. It's a, a very different kind of approach. Am I on the right track yeah. now? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sacred, uh, you know, kind of ancestral wisdom that we're talking about here. I mean, it's not something that you just want to do and go and, you know, like you say, go to a rave or, or, or go to a festival because, they, they, you know, they're, they're very, very powerful, um, um, you know, substances. So they're, they're, not, they're not to be, you know, and that, and that was, I guess, one of the reasons why uh, the you know the, where the stigmatization of them came in because because people were taking them you know inappropriately and you were seeing people kind of you know perhaps you know kind of freaking out as a, as a result so yeah your your example there about Johns Hopkins is is is, is exactly you know where where I would see the the whole the whole kind of process going is to go in you know, very very well administered you know you have to be you have to qualify you know because there are certain, there are certain um you know other other you know other antidepressants for example or other other drugs which which are kind of contraindicated so you have to be very careful about what what else you're taking um, you have to be you have to be in the right frame of mind you have to be ready and you have to be you know you have to be prepared to kind of you know to take the risk so it's a, i guess it's like everything it's like there's a, there's a responsibility on on the, on the individual taking them there was a responsibility on the organization which is administering them um, and part of the reason for wanting to bring it, you know, more out in the open is because th there are disreputable people operating in the space. I mean, take the example of of Peru and ayahuasca. You know, people see Westerners coming in, you know, and, and the kind of economic benefits that that realizes, and then that kind of creates a marketplace, and that marketplace can have can have you know, I guess, bad actors in it. Um, and so the more the more you educate and the more you bring it out from kind of, you know, under the stigma or under the rock or wherever it is currently, in many cases, um, the, the more you educate, the more likely you are to have a, a, a properly transformative experience for the individual taking them. Um, you know, and I, and I can, you know, I reckon if you, if you asked 100 people who, who, who had a, 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 you know, a properly administered, and, and thought through psychedelic experience. If you asked a hundred of them, you know, would they want, would, should these things be illegal or banned or stigmatized? I'd say, you know, you know, 99, 98 of them would say, no way, that they are, they are absolutely transformative. You know, if you ask a hundred alcoholics, you know, whether, whether there should be kind of more, you know, restrictions placed on alcohol at a young age, for example, or, or less advertising, then, then a lot of alcoholics would say, you know, you know it's not such a safe substance so i think yeah i mean back back to your point i mean there's some very very high profile and intelligent people um who are, who are doing amazing research in this area and as i say i mean i i have to you know express my gratitude for those people who are, who are you know and the people who've, who've been working in this in this area you know, over the years, often underground, people who've been taking immense, you know, personal risks and, and doing it, um, you know, I, I you know, have to, you know, express my gratitude for those people um, who have got us to this point today, you know, who've, you know, back, back through the kind of, you know, the, the really kind of pioneering ethnobotanists of the, 
you know, the 60s and 70s, you know, the people, you know, the, the Terence McKenna's of this world, you know, the, 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 the Gordon Wassons and, and, and other people before that, um, who've, who've brought us to this point where we've, we have a huge opportunity now um, to kind of, to, to connect the different people who are working in the area that, you know, the, you know, the leading edge scientists, you know, the, the you know, and, and it's neuroscience, it's physics, it's, you know, there's, there's all kind of manner of scientific disciplines which are, which are kind of interacting here. And I think we have a tremendous opportunity to build on that, that great work which has been done now and start connecting globally, uh, you know, different organisations to, to raise awareness um, and, and, and take it to the, to the next stage. And I think you mentioned cannabis before, uh, you know, the legalization of cannabis is, is, is progressing. Um, the legalization of, of psilocybin is progressing. In Denver, for example, psilocybin was, was, uh, was legalized um, a year ago. Um, and there are other, you know, cities and states in the US where, where that decriminalization movement is, 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 is gathering momentum. Um, there are discussions being had, and I guess in, in in the UK there are discussions being had in that area. Um, you know, there are, there are different uh, the, the, the in the Netherlands, for example, there are you know the, 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 it's it's legal to an extent in the Netherlands. Um, and so it's about so you know trying to trying trying to bring everyone to that same point where you know we've we've brought out into the mainstream, we've built on that on that research and, and, now, and now people are free to kind of exercise their, you know, their own, their own free will and, and exploring their own treatment. I think it's also worth mentioning that there are actually a lot of countries around the world where some of these plant medicines are completely legal, like in Peru, in parts of other parts of South America, where they're indigenous, um, Costa Rica, Jamaica, um, there's a lot of other, other places as well. I don't know if you can remember any more, Joe. <laughs> No, I think you've covered the ones that, I, that I'm aware of. And, that, and that's part of what Thank You Plant Medicine um, is, is about, really. It's about trying to you know, build a, a, a global movement. Um, there, are, there are great things happening uh, at, the, at the local level. Um, for example, for example in, the, in the UK, there's the, the UK Psychedelic Society, which, are, which run amazing events and is a great source of information. Um, so what we're trying to do, I mean, I, I spoke to some people in Belgium yesterday about what they're trying to do um, in terms of raising awareness and, 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 and providing educational resources. Um, and so it's about kind of bringing everyone up to the kind of, you know, the same, the same level, if you like, you know, in, in terms of you know, educational resources and, and awareness. Um, so that, you know, ideally, you know, and if you, it doesn't matter where you are, you don't have to, you know, because at the moment, you, to go to Peru, you have to spend, you know, several thousand pounds or, or, or dollars or whatever in order to go to, in order to go to Peru to, to seek out, you know, a, a ceremony. Um, ideally, you wouldn't have to do that. Um, and it's about taking, you know, and, if, and some of the, the communities that need the, this kind of healing the most are, almost, are often the poorest communities. So take the UK, for example, I mean, it would be great. To, to be able to say to people in, in you know, some of the more marginalized communities where, where mental health is, is, is definitely an issue, that they, they don't have to find 3,000 pounds or be given 3,000 pounds to go to Peru, that they could actually find that treatment you know, locally at much lower cost. So I think you know, that, 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 that to me is, 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 the kind of, is the ideal where the people that need it the most offer other people who can't afford it. I think your audio is gone, Caroline. Turn your audio. Have you just muted yourself by there? Oh yeah, sorry. My dogs are going mental. I was just going to stop you uh, there, Joe. I had uh, something to slide into your into what you were saying there. I actually read um, Michael Pollan's book about. I think it's called Change Your Mind or Change Your Brain, and he actually mentioned a study that was conducted that revealed it had several components to it but one of the components was mice were given a dose of a psychedelic substance i think in this case it was psilocybin and they wanted to see if there was any addictive qualities to, to the psilocybin and what they discovered 
was that the mice would take it and then they would never touch it again. <laughs> and uh, and then they, were, they did the same studies with cocaine and they found that the mice actually stopped eating and they were so addicted to the cocaine. And there were several other, other components to that too. But you mentioned uh, previously about... Um, about how safe they are and the toxicity of these and also understanding that, that most of the studies actually also revealed that they have very non-addictive components to them, which mm -hmm. adds another element to their safety. Um, just wanted to slide that one in there. But anyway, you were talking and I wanted to really get onto the topic of, we were discussing some of the cultures in which uh, some of these uh, plant medicines are actually legal. So I wanted to talk to you about the indigenous component that's related to these and why they're so sacred. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, you, I have direct experience of, of, of Peru um, and these, you know, the, it is a, you know, a, a, a sacred, um, you know, energy and, a, and an, an ancient wisdom. Um, the issue from an indigenous perspective, I guess it's like anything that involves kind of when Western kind of culture meets indigenous culture, how do you avoid the situation where the, it's just another extractive uh, you know, process? How do you avoid it just being another kind of exploitative process where, and I think, you know, within the indigenous communities, as I understand, there's, there's a, 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 sometimes a reluctance to share these medicines with, with Westerners. They believe that it's their, you know, it's their, their kind of sacred medicine and that it should remain within the community um, you know where, where it belongs. I guess it's maybe a, a bit late for that now, given the fact that so many so many Western people have, have had exposure, um, you know, to, to ayahuasca as an example. So I think that from an indigenous perspective, it's about how do we how do we ensure that it's not just another extractive process, that it's not a, another imbalanced relationship, and also it's about ensuring sustainability of, of the ayahuasca vine itself. You know, because the more demand there is for it, the more it's being stripped out, the deeper into the forest that they're having to go to extract it. So there's, there's a kind of a, a sustainability discussion. Um, peyote is, uh, is, is, as I understand it, under threat. It's like an endangered uh, um, plant now. Um, so in the same way that we may have an over overfished our oceans, we're in danger of kind of overfishing um, you know, the desert in terms of extraction of peyote. So Indigenous communities now are are finding it harder to access their own sacrament. So there's a you know again part of the whole kind of thank you plant medicine sort of idea is to is to bring these discussions kind of out from you know and into the open so we can have a a properly kind of responsible approach to the you know to the usage and extraction and the and the, and the kind of you know the more the broader global use of these of of these medicines. Um, I guess within, I mean, I, I would, I would love to be able to kind of sit on an, on an indigenous council and understand how how they how they feel about it, and maybe maybe one day as part of this this movement we'll, we'll be able to do that. Um, but my my kind of personal fear fear is that you know we don't want to get to a position where we are kind of overfishing um, and just creating kind of you know more destabilisation for the indigenous communities who are already under threat from you know multiple you know, multiple angles, you know. That's a tricky one then as well, isn't it? Like we want to get the awareness to as many people as you can. You want to get as many people who are suffering from the anxiety and the depression around the world. You want to get them access to this, but then we got to get that balance right where you don't just completely steamroll them and take what's theirs and then turn it into a, the next style of uh, sort of big pharma and just put regulations around it and take it away from, the cultures who really cultivated us. Exactly, exactly, and that's a hugely kind of fraught discussion, which is going to involve bringing, bringing together kind of you know multiple stakeholders, um, and and you know and, and trying to work out what the, what the best balance is there. Um, and you know at the moment at the moment there's no there's no kind of you know right answer. It's still it's still you know very kind of early days. Um, you know, and, and people are looking at cannabis as, as, a, as an example, and, and, and there, there are some people that I've, I've heard are, are saying that, you know, the, the legalization of cannabis hasn't, hasn't realized the benefits that they were hoping for and, and so forth. But it, it's so early days. I mean, 
there's the is it Amara's law where we kind of radically overestimate the kind of short short term impact, but we underestimate the long term impact implications of a, of a of a new technology, for example. COVID nineteen, hmm? <laughs> or exactly yeah. COVID nineteen. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean. I mean, I, I guess I'm even a relative newbie to this. I'm, a, I'm talking in the, you know, maybe three, three, four years in, in the, in the kind of therapeutic, uh, you know, approach, approach to this. I mean, you know, coming from a kind of a, a more kind of hedonistic background, if you like. I mean, these things have been around for a long time, but it's only the, the, the really kind of responsible and mature use of these things has only really, sort of, you know, come to be in, in the last, you know, last few years. I mean, clearly there are people that have been in this this for a very very long time and again huge amounts of respect to those people who, who brought you know, the medicines to people like me but i think you know the the the, the next the next phase of it's going to be really interesting because there's going to be a huge amount of you know people thinking it's going to save the planet we're going to be we're going to be better you know we're going to change the world you know one, one ceremony at a time you know that that maybe is kind of overblown a little bit but i think that the the long-term kind of impact will, will be a lot more significant than people maybe realise. Having maybe what they call what do they call it the kind of trough of disappointment because you know they inflate, you have inflated expectations about a new technology or, or, or a new thing, and then you get a bit of disappointment. You know, then there's the kind of trough of, of defeated expectations or something. You have a look. There's a, there's a cycle of these things. So the kind of curve goes very big at the start, very high, very excited, and then it kind of or it didn't maybe quite realise what we thought it was going to realise. But longer term, the impacts are, are, are a lot more subtle, a lot, a lot more nuanced. Mm -hmm. um, and, and obviously we have to deal with the law of unintended consequences as well. You know, because it's not going to, you know, nothing works 100%, nothing works 100% of the time, all of the time. Um, and cannabis is, 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 is a kind of good example of that. But there are some quite disappointed people at the moment um, in terms of how it's how how the kind of industry has grown and and the impact it's had and dispensaries rise and fall and and sort of you know corporate interest coming in and maybe kind of undercutting the you know the kind of the people who you know suffered for for the for the medicine people when it was illegal and underground people who'd really suffered for that felt that they were being kind of you know marginalised for these kind of bigger corporate interests coming in but now you're finding and I've heard it said that it's a karmic medicine where now these kind of maybe these bigger players and these bigger corporate interests aren't finding it quite as easy as they thought. So there's maybe a return more to kind of, you know, the community element of the, of the original people who were making the medicine. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a jumble at the moment, if, I, you know, if I'm honest, because people don't know how it's going to play out. You know, peyote on the verge of extinction, Ibu Ga in Gabon in West Africa, that, you know, these you know people are being kind of you know are selling are selling the 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 sacrament to westerners you know is that is that is that a sustainable resource is that a sustainable position um so so many kind of unanswered questions but i think you know hopefully the the aim with with the thank you plant medicine movement is to is to bring these you know these discussions kind of you know to a kind of a wider audience and start having a more i guess a more kind of you know mainstream dialogue around it and hopefully we, we come to the you know to the best solution for indigenous people um you know people are not criminal criminalized for the for their for the you know behavior in, in so western countries um people are able to access the therapies that they require um and you know people can build sustainable sort of commercial operations around it you're based in the uk you're based in london is that right yeah so it sort of feels like when you're when you're living in a distant city away from the big, you know, politically charged United States that it, it takes a mammoth movement to sort of, you know, that phrase, America sneezes, the rest of the world gets the cold. So like America's now made it legal in some crucial places and they've got the science and they've got the ability to research it now which should kind of filter down but how long do you think it will take for that to kind of filter across to the uk and then europe and then the smaller sort of non yeah go ahead yeah well i think i think you know netherlands um you know have always have always been you know quite quite liberal as, as maybe the you know the, the only word i can think of right now um so within within the EU, there are there are different sort of you know people at different stages of, of kind of development within the EU itself. 
as Britain leaves the EU, uh, that's going to, you know, some, some of the, the, the ability to kind of tap into some of that research is going to be diminished. So that's, that's not going to be a great thing. But as I say, that, that the very timely release of that article in The Guardian uh, this week from the, you know, from the research coming out of Imperial um, is, 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 is going to be, I think, a very important thing. It's going to make discussions a lot easier. So, you know, for example, we have we have some sort of content and sort of program ideas that we want maybe take to, to production companies. It's going to be a lot easier now, now that there's been a, a kind of a, the Guardian's gone with it. You know, there's, there's been articles in, in the Financial Times around, you know, investment in the area and to the research. So it's, it's, it's slowly, it's slowly started to gather some momentum um, in, in, in the UK. And then obviously the UK has got, a, you know, its own indigenous tradition of, of, of the use of, of, uh, of, of for example, mushrooms um, before they were kind of fungicided, you know, out, out, out of existence. You used to see a lot of fields um, where people would be looking for the indigenous mushroom, but they're not, they're just not there anymore. Yeah, I know. There's the same in Dublin. There's some foothills in the, on the south side of the city. And I know that if you, if you know what to look for, you can get up there early some mornings and spend the day in a different, uh, in a different parallel universe. I know a lot of people did that one when I was younger. Anyway, we'd hear people going up there. Um, what kind of experience have you had personally with, with these kind of things? Have you tried it? Have you done it? Yeah. I mean, as, as I say, in, in the Netherlands, um, it, it, it was legal and it was, it was legal in the UK for a, for a while, um, as well. So that, that's, this is, this is mushrooms. So, um, you know, in my sort of slightly more, shall I say, kind of you know, re reckless or hedonistic days, you know, we, we, we would maybe, maybe head, to, head to Amsterdam and, and completely legally um, you know, be able to, to buy, you could buy them in, in, in shops legally in Amsterdam. Um, but that was, that was, that was stopped. Um, so that, so the, 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 it was illegal then. So that, that's when that stopped. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to be able to go to uh, Peru uh, to experience uh, uh you know, to do it properly, shall we say, you know, it'd been very kind of DIY um, before that, whereas I was able to um, experience a, a, a full, you know, kind of shamanic uh, ceremonial experience in Peru. Um, How was that? Which was, it utterly transformed my life. I mean, uh, you know, prior to that, I'd had maybe some issues with, you know, excessive consumption um, as part of it's, it's almost kind of you know go, goes with the territory of being a, a person of my age in the UK. You know, I grew up in you know in the eighties and nineties, which was a you know the time when you know the, it was it was almost kind of it's what you did. <laughs> you know, you you, you know um, excess excess was the thing. Um, so I, you know, I went to Peru with no expectations. I'd done no research, um, and I went in with a completely open mind and no expectations. But what I experienced was was something utterly mysterious, utterly transformative. Um, and, and, and yeah, and, and it's not an exaggeration to say completely life-changing. Um, you know, we, we talk about, you know, in, in the Catholic mass, we talk about sacred mysteries, you know, in philosophy, there are, there are, you know, there are, there, there are many paradoxes. There are, there are some philosophical propositions which can, can, can never be proved one way or the other. But I think what what these um, what these medicines can do is they can take you to a place where these things can start to be explained and, and maybe understood at a personal level. So I guess it, it's the, the difference between reading something in a book uh, and, and and ingesting it and internalizing it and experiencing it in real time. You know, someone can tell you what it's like to to deep sea dive, but you don't really know until you've done it, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's the, the what these medicines do is they 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 kind of un, unveil a, a a kind of mystery of existence, which and I'm getting a bit out there now. I apologise. No, but they kind, of un, they, they kind of unveil a, a kind of they start to answer some of those bigger questions, you know, in a, in such a way is in a in a way which which you can't really define. And what what I guess we're trying to do here is, is define the ineffable. You know, these, these experiences are truly, truly ineffable. So I'm not a big fan of trip reports. Um, I've done them, I've, 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 like everybody has, you know, I've, I've kind of, I've done them, but I'm, I'm not a huge fan of trip reports because I think there's, 
there is a sort of a sacred relationship that you that you kind of enter into and it's almost it's kind of too sacred to talk about not not that you know i can't tell you i can't tell you but more like i think i think there's a there's a respect that needs to be kind of there around 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 the experience but but to cut a long story short completely transformed my life completely transformed my relationship with consumption completely transformed my family relationships completely transformed my marriage completely transformed my sense of of hope and 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 my view of the world um and yeah i mean something something that i'm i'm, I'm blessed to have been able to experience and I, and I just really love other people to have the chance if they're called to do it and for it not to be something that needs to be you know very expensive prohibitively expensive and uh and something that's which is maybe not something they could talk about in their workplace because it's stigmatized and it's a long we're a long way away from it being you know completely kind of you know normalized and integrated into society i think we're quite a long way away from that but if we can just make a start you know and the vision would be you know 20 10 20 years time you know these these these, these medicines and these practices are completely you know part of normal everyday discourse for, for a much broader um for a much broader audience um, yeah, that's well said. So I'm trying to, uh, I'm just on my laptop here, I'm trying to find a post actually that I saw today from Thank You Plant Medicine. I just wanted to read it out. So you guys chat, I'm going to find it in a sec. Oh, I thought you'd already um, found it. Um, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in terms of your question around, you know, sort of from personal experience, I mean, I've, I've experienced, um, you know, we, we talk about things like, you know, judgment is toxic, you know, you know how how to become more accepting of each other and ourselves, and and then on a on a on a one trip to Peru that I had, I mean, I had a kind of a, an experience of exactly what it is to accept and not to judge, but in real time, not not through a kind of you know reading it and and trying to kind of make intellectual sense of it, but an actual kind of all all encompassing experience of it, kind of in real time, what it means not to judge, what it means to accept. And if there's something which we're learning pretty much, you know, daily in real time is that that, that is, there's a huge need for that right now. That, you know, a, a need to be able to accept and not to judge. Uh, and to, you know, if we're, if we're going to work through some of the kind of challenges that we face right now. Mm. So, I mean, I could, I could go on with, with kind of other experiences. I mean, there was, there was the, you know, there was a time when I had one experience where I, I, I was I was shown what it is to be in that kind of philosophical sort of you know dualistic mode. Is that right? Is that not right? What is right? What isn't? And then taken to a place where I, I could see that argument taking place from a position where you know knowing and being is is the is the is what you're doing there. You're not you're not asking any questions. So you can kind of go beyond the the question and see it from a different perspective. And see the futility of the, of the battle, if you like, you know. Um, and there's so much of our debate now is about who's right, who's wrong, even within the kind of psychedelic and theogenic, you know, sacred plant community that there is kind of maybe kind of some battles going on. But you know, the more we can come together, the more we can accept, the more we can use these medicines to to kind of you know take take us beyond the you know that that battle for being kind of you know who's right. Who has the best, you know, who has the best idea? And what I like about this, the plant, thank you, plant medicine group, is that there's no competition. Everything is kind of, you know, upward spiraling. So if someone has an idea, it's like everyone gets behind it. It's not about, you know, I, I want to steal the idea, and I want to run off and kind of do something else with it. And there's, you know, it, so it's about trying to build those organisations where where people are kind of are mutually reinforcing, you know, each other's ideas and trying to trying to build something rather than constantly so competing with each mm -hmm. other to try and you know get one up get the promotion you know and you know there's a lot of being done about you know kind of organizations of the future what they're going to look like how they're going to be less hierarchical so i think i think plant medicines have a huge part to play in you know in in that in that development and how we structure yeah. ourselves do you know um so unfortunately i can't uh quite find the the right post here but i actually read it today i'm going to paraphrase this so i'm sorry if i butcher it but it goes along with the lines of what you said today something that i read that that just resonated so beautifully it's once you've done plant medicine you realize 
particularly in the current situation that we're all in with the racial tension and the discussion about racism. Um, and it said something along the lines of paraphrasing here, that once you've done plant medicine, you realize that actually we are just all one um, and that there is no difference between one and the other. And we look different, but internally we're just one, one source. Um, and I thought that was really beautiful because that's something that people commonly um, commonly expressed and feel once they've done or had experiences of this nature, um, that they realize actually we're all interconnected um, and we're all just one living, breathing being, which I think is beautiful. Yeah, oh, it doesn't get more beautiful than that, right? I mean, the, 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 um, the, the usual suspects the, the usual suspects came out after the, the article was published in The Guardian this week. In the in the comment section, you know, the, the usual suspects came out and was like, oh well, you know, it's just it's just a chemical reaction, or it's just people kind of, you know, it's not real, it's illusion, it's this, it's that, it's the next thing. I mean, I would wager quite a lot of money that a lot of the people that are saying those things are people that have not experienced them. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so people making judgments about about things that they've never done and don't understand. I mean, that's the dangerous position, I think. And I think that's what's happening a lot. You know, there's a lot of kind of self-appointed experts. And again, I'm at pains to stress, I'm not, I would never say I'm an expert in this. You know, I'm, I'm an ordinary, I'm an ordinary guy with a family, with a kind of normal, normal life. You know, I'm, I'm not out there, you know, I'll go to the football. I do, I'm a, I'm an, I'm a regular guy. Um, and what I want to, and what I want to do is I want to take, I'm, I want to take that to the other regular guys. Yeah. You know, because at the minute, what it seems to me is that it's, it sits with PhD people, you know, neuroscientists. It sits with it, it's sitting in an area which, which, I mean, I come from quite a working class background as well, so it's quite intimidating. Particularly, I, I go on these conferences and I see the speakers, and they've all got PhDs, and and it's all quite scientific, and it, and, it, and it, it's quite intimidating for someone, for someone like me. Um, he doesn't have a PhD and I don't, I don't necessarily have the science backgrounds, but what I do know is from experience and I can speak from experience and I can speak from the heart where I can, I can, I can see people in their lives who are, who are struggling like I was struggling. And I know that it has the possibility. I'm not saying I'm guaranteed, nothing can be guaranteed, right? But what I'm saying is it has the possibility to really transform people's lives at a very, very fundamental level improving their relationships with their children, improving their relationships with their, with their, 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 their partners, improving their relationships with them, themselves and their work and their colleagues, and generally building a kind of a, a, a better kind of, just a, a, better, a better vibration. You know, people talking about vibration a lot, vibrational energy. I mean, and that's taking, taking me into an area which I'm probably not that comfortable talking about because I don't really understand the physics of it. I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not a kind of veteran shaman, so I don't, you know, I don't know. All I can say is that I think I think this this stuff should be it should be available, and the, the, and the conversation needs to be expanded. Um, and I think that you know the, the kind of destigmatization process is gathering momentum. And I think we're you know we're in a, we're in a good space to take it forward. Yeah, I think that's really important as well. Your sort of angle of being the representative of the lad in the in the terrace on a Saturday afternoon, you know, and talking about it in the pub after the games and talking about it openly and, and sort of showing people around you that, A, anybody can do these things. You don't have to be a hippie born from a family who grew up through the 60s. You don't have to be a psychedelic mushroom picker who lives in the forest, you know. You can just be an everyday person and 51 weeks out of the year, you can be Joe Soap and then one week of the year you do your thing you go off and you benefit yourself in a way that continues to flow into the next 51 weeks um, and when somebody like you who you know your mates know you your colleagues know you they know you as a pretty much straight down the line you've no other agenda wait what's what's Joe talking about well, like this is strange right let me listen and then because it almost comes with more credibility then you know like it's coming from a guy who's got no invested interest in it you got no identity in it. It's not your full blown, you know, if, if, if I disagree with you on, on something, it doesn't undermine your whole position because your position is I'm a dad, I'm a, I'm a boy, I'm a lad, I'm, I'm one, of the, one of the, I've got parents and cousins and all that. So that's a powerful position to be in, to, to talk about these things. I think that's how 
hits and spreads into the grassroots. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think as well, I mean, if you look at people who, I mean, talking about mental health as well, you know, talking to people who've come out, um, you know, as, as having suffered from mental health recently, a lot of them have been people that you wouldn't necessarily, necessarily expect, like people like Ricky Hatton, the boxer, Frank Bruno, the boxer, guys who are, you know, the, the toughest guys in our culture, the, the guys who are kind of out, out there, kind of, you know, fear, fear, well, everyone feels fear, but they're, they're able to conquer it. Um, so they've come out and, 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 and sort of broken the stigma around mental health. Yeah. So I think there's an opportunity for us to, us to break the stigma around the use of psych, you know, sacred plants, medicines, psychedelics, entheogens. There's lots of different ways you can define it. But there's a, there's a huge opportunity to, kind of, you know, to, to take it out there and to, and to, and to, and to you know, make it more of a, of a mainstream discussion. And like I say, it's not like everyone has to do it, but I think everyone should be, should be free to, to experience it without stigma and without um, you know, fear of, of, of criminality. Well said, Joe. Anyway, Joe, if people wanted to follow or contribute or support Thank You Plant Medicine, how can they do that? The, I mean, it's it's a it's a social media world, you know. So we we you know we use social media. There's a, a there's Facebook. There's there's Instagram. There's there's projects and train um, around you know trying to build more kind of media properties uh, around it. Um, but it starts with the you know like the kind of mycelial networks, and and I probably should have maybe gone deeper into the, the people like Fantastic Fungi, the people who made the film Fantastic Fungi. Uh, you know, Paul That's a Stamets. great film. I just it's watched it the other day. Great so film. Cool. Yeah, so, you know, uh, so Louis Schwartzberg was a producer. Paul Stamets is a huge yeah. giant in the, in, the, in, the, in the scene. I don't know him personally, but I'm, I just, you know, it's about building that mycelial network. Caroline sent me that movie over email and I've got it. I've seen it, I saw it about six or seven months ago, but I've got it. I sent it to my dad and it's on his laptop and we're going to sit tonight and watch it. Yeah, so it's so it's it's about trying to build that mycelial network is the metaphor that we use sort of I guess in the group, which is, you know, each individual sharing, each individual you know sharing their story. That that's what helps to build build that network. And the net the, the stronger the the network, the more chance we have of, of building something sustainable um, for the future. And as as I say, it's not it's not without you know without risk. There are lots of discussions around. You know, is it responsible? What about the indigenous perspectives? You know, is it is it responsible to give it to, to kind of anyone? Is it you know, should it be should it be restricted in its use? You know, all that sort of stuff. Is it just going to be taken over by you know bigger commercial interests, which are going to which are which are going to you know act counter to the whole kind of ethos of the movement? All is percolating at the moment. It's all percolating, and it's 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 to be kind of you know to. To, to be continued, you know? Mm-hmm. And what, what all, are, all I feel, I, go ahead. Sorry, I just feel called, I feel called to, 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 to try and do my best and, and you know, do my bit, is all yeah. I can say. Amazing, and we hope that we can help you spread some awareness with this, with this podcast. What, what are the handles and what are the actual like, addresses that people can get, follow the Facebook or if there's an Instagram or if you're Instagram, what are, what are the handles? Yeah, it's, it's, it's thank you, it's hashtag thank you plant medicine. It's the big, big, long one. You know, thank you, plant medicine. Uh, and then what you'll see there is you'll see, you know, on Instagram, you'll see all the stories that people came out with on on the on the coming out day, uh, and you know, some some very good sort of you know social media sort of posts. Some just like mine, which were fairly kind of rudimentary, and um, like it's it's a good thing. But you know, it's so it's about it's about sharing stories um, on Instagram hashtag thank you plant medicine, and on Facebook there's a, a Facebook group thank you plant medicine. And as, as I say, over you know, hopefully with things like this, and and as we as we grow, that that will start to evolve into into sort of other other media properties. It's a volunteer. It's a volunteer. Not for you know, there's no. I think it's yeah. It's not even the not for profit. It hasn't even got to the not for profit stage. You know, it's it's a it's a kind of volunteer. It's it's committed. It's committed individuals who believe in the power of these uh, of these medicines. Um, and there are there are some extraordinary groups operating globally, um, things like chakruna.net, 
Um, I don't know if Caroline, you do show notes or whatever, but I mean, I can send you a list of sort of partner organisations, and there are very, there's a very long list of organisations that are operating in this area, doing amazing work. Um, you know, yeah, and, 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 yeah definitely. And again, out. you know, and you know, talking about Peru, Iquitos is the kind of the the I guess the launch pad for people to go to to experience kind of you know ceremonies locally, and that, and a lot of those healers. And communities are really, really suffering right now. So again, it's it's about trying to build awareness for you know to support the you know the indigenous healers and and, and shaman um, you know through through these really difficult times. I mean, because they are, they are really large. You know, with the the, the stopping of the retreats, they, they lose their source of income. Mm -hmm. So that so the, the the indigenous you know the, and the local healers that have worked you know who've provided certainly my from my perspective of given me you know a, a, an immense gift uh, are really really struggling right now so in the spirit of reciprocity which is about you know obviously giving back you know you receive you give back it's it's about trying to raise awareness for those um for those communities at this very difficult point as well awesome cool well thank you very much for joining us caroline do you have anything you want to add no, Joe, that was really informative. Thank you so much. And maybe we can pick your brain another day about um, about this whole topic of, of plant medicine. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love that. And I think, you know, if, if, if this can just do uh, build a little bit more of the mycelial network, then, then I feel like I've, I've done my job. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's anything else you guys have coming up in the future that you want to spread awareness, just drop us a line and we'll do our bit. Great. Really appreciate that. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.